You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister, and I'm here in the Wondery Sunset Studio today all by myself. It's just me and Sergio, Julie, but you're there. You're in Dallas. I'm back in Dallas, Liz. You know, I was with you last week in Los Angeles. It was a great week, um, and I was great to see the Wondery Studio, but now I'm back in my little home closet <laughs> uh, coming to you, but so happy to be really and truly and humbly, really glad to be with you, Glad you know, because we're going to talk today about the fires out in California, and uh, I'm going to tell you about the tornado in Dallas. Yes, yes. So Leanne is off today, but we have a very special guest coming in to talk some more about creativity, because Julie, we were all very inspired by your improv special. <laughs> yes. I mean, I I didn't know what to expect with that, uh, and but it really, uh, the... You know, when we had uh, our guest on and we did a improv exercise on the podcast, yeah. I was really surprised how how uh, fruitful it was and how creative it was. So uh, that inspired you. Right? Okay, yes. Well, Laura Holson is a New York Times journalist who has written quite a bit about creativity for the Times and other publications. And she got so inspired, she's starting her own like creativity camp. It's a little getaway. We're going to talk about that. I am totally into it. Also, you're going to hear about my graduation from a dog camp. Oh, yeah. I graduated from <laughs> obedience school. Did you get the diploma list? <laughs> Let's just say I, I'm I'm not delivering an A performance, but I'm I'm working on it. And then okay. and then you have a Halloween costume challenge for me. Yes, I do, Liz, because I we come to you for career advice. And this is really a what would Liz Dolan do situation. And we need we need your opinion. Okay. All right. Yeah. Halloween costumes in the workplace. Wow. So much to say about that. So, Julie, you are back home in Dallas. You were away when the tornadoes struck, but now you're back. What's it like? Well, first of all, I'm just very happy to be here. And uh, yes, I was in I was in Los Angeles, and I started to get messages from my friends about, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? Because it's unusual for a tornado to hit Dallas. I uh -huh. mean, people, longtime residents have said this is, you know, this is, they haven't seen this at all. Normally, uh, tornadoes, you know, don't hit like cities because of all the cement and the buildings. And what I didn't realize because I was on the West Coast is the tornado hit a lot closer to my house than I had thought. It was oh, about really? a mile it was about a mile and a half away, Liz. Wow, okay? that and, is too close for comfort. And, you know, you have seen pictures on the news, I'm perhaps of the Dallas tornado. Yeah. Uh, and I, up close and personal, because this is all areas that I travel every day, you know, that uh, the destruction is really horrifying. Mm -hmm. I, that's, I, I don't know what other word to use. Uh, when you see very familiar places, in particular, Many schools were hit, Liz, you know, and, uh, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the uh, uh, Alice takes uh, gymnastics. My granddaughter takes gymnastics at the JCC. Somehow the JCC is still standing there, the building, mm -hmm. but everything else 
obliterated around it. Uh, that's the word, obliterated. Wow. Uh, and I, it's just a miracle because it happened on a Sunday night. So people weren't in schools. They weren't in their businesses. They weren't in the Home Depot that collapsed. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, you know, and it's just, it's hard to explain to like my grandson, Peter, who said, who, you know, I had, was babysitting him yesterday and he said, oh yeah, one of his friend's house blew up in the tornado. You know, I mean, this is stuff you really don't want kids to see. I don't want adults to see it yeah, either. Yeah. And, mm. and, you know, in the line was so distinct, Liz. I mean, and so arbitrary. It just cut across in a, like it went in a, you know, sort of a northeast direction and cut across a socioeconomic uh, path that destroyed modest homes and mansions, you know, indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. And, and many people that I've now friends of friends, friends, you know, have told me they were trapped in their blown up houses because of all the live electrical wires. So even oh, with so they, they can't go out because the power lines they, are down. Right, like Encore and police, you know, be, had kept them in their house with the no roof, you know, or the you know the side blown out because of all the live wires. Uh, you know, and so it was just a very serious situation. Mercifully, nobody died in this. And but it does I, you just to be that close to it is uh, very humbling about the force of nature and certainly to take all the warnings very seriously. You know, I mean, I've always gone into my closet when uh, when they tell you there's a tornado somewhere in the area. But you know, sometimes I'm peeking out of my claws, <laughs> but when you yes. see this destruction, you have, you have a new sense of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly if you want to contribute there, you know, many small businesses have lost everything. People have lost so many personal things. The Red Cross is doing a great job. And then the Communities Foundation of Texas, and we're going to put a link to their website. They're uh, a not-for-profit organization that really specializes in helping people in emergencies and trying to get them back on the ground. And uh, right now there's a big funding going on to get a lot of the Dallas, like eight different Dallas schools were affected, you know, elementary schools just blown apart, Liz. So um, so there will be a building fund that I, I know I saw Mark Cuban is contributing to uh, and Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys, <laughs> is contributing. Uh, okay, good. To. Down there in Big D, you have some people with big dollars. That's good. Yes, and then it's good that they're stepping up uh, to rebuild this. But uh, it was... It was a humbling and horrifying experience, no doubt. Well, I hate to continue the natural disaster report, but I live on the west side of Los Angeles, which, if you've been wa watching the national news, is on fire right now. And it started uh, Sunday night, like about 2.30 in the morning. I started getting woken up every 30 minutes with, with those super loud alerts on your phone, like an Amber. Those are so scary. Yeah, I so those. scary. You know, yeah. and it was from the L.A. Fire Department. And so where the fire started is about five miles from where I live. So as they kept expanding the evacuation zone, um, they, they would send out another alert because, it, you know, the middle of the night, it's hard to get people up and out. And what people don't understand about the terrain of Los Angeles is that, you know, there are 
lot of canyons and neighborhoods where there's only one road in or out. And so when you're trying to evacuate a lot of people at the same time in the middle of the night, it can get super complicated. So I was, you know, pretty much up most of the night. There was even a point where I was like, stop already with the alerts, where I was tempted to just turn my phone off. And then I thought, well, that would be stupid. That's, yes. Yeah, that is stupid. It's like (laughs) not listening to the tornado sirens. I know, yes. what you're supposed to, evacuate when you're supposed to. I did. They have this ready, set, go system, and we were at ready. So I actually did get up and... I got out a suitcase and opened it on uh, my dining room table. And I thought, okay, then when they say set, I can start throwing <laughs> throwing things in there. But we never we never got to that. But one of my favorite streets, there's a street called Tiger Tail in Brentwood, which is up in the hills. And it's sort of overlooks. You can see the Pacific from there, but also the Getty Museum is right behind you. And that's the street where, um, where the houses were really burning. It's just super sad. Oh. But, you know, the Getty Museum right there is kind of an amazing thing. You know, it's this huge, sprawling art museum on top of a hill, and it was built in the mid-80s, and it's, you know, super-duper fireproof in every way they know how to do it. First of all, it's made entirely of travertine stone. There's no wood in it. There's nothing in the building that would burn. So that's interesting. Uh It has underneath it, there is a, I think they said it's a million gallon water tank. Uh, so that, you know, they use it to water the the plants up there, but also in the event of a fire, they just turn on this giant sprinkler system and that kills the fire uh, pretty quickly. They they also have an air pressure system inside the museum because when you when you think of all of the like priceless works of priceless art, yeah, works of yeah. art in there, they don't want any air to get inside at all because the smoke will damage the paintings. So they have an air pressure system that they can dial up to keep the smoke out, and then they have a like a sprinkler system inside as all buildings need to. But because the last thing in the world they want is a indoor sprinkler to go off unless it's truly an emergency. They keep the pipes in the indoor sprinkler system dry unless it's really an emergency, and then they have to turn it on. And the roof is made of crushed stone. So if a flying ember lands on it, anyway, it was, you could see it on the news last night, very dramatic to see things all around it burning, but the museum itself sort of just safe and completely... Can up. you book yourself in there, Liz? Perhaps, I know. Uh, I, yeah. Like the you and Hooper uh, <laughs> head to the Getty. That yes. seems like a good place to go. Yeah. So it's things are a little bit better here this morning. But once again, it's all about the wind in Southern California. And oh, my God, the terrible fires in Northern California. But here, the wind subsided last night. Um, by the way, you were saying being a prisoner in your house yeah, or yeah. the people that are trapped in their houses. I was, you know, indoor all day yesterday because the air quality outside was so bad. And uh, they really told you, try to stay off the streets if you can so emergency vehicles can get around. So I was doing the kind of stuff inside my house yesterday that you never get around to doing. Like, I actually watched a webinar on... <laughs> 
my my health plan for 2020. You know, it's, it's okay. time to like resign. Well, that, you know, times must be desperate. <laughs> if you're right. watching your health plan webinar. List. Yep, okay. I'm signed, really trapped. Signed up for that. Emailing in my questions. Wanted to get that done, so I got that done. But anyway, there is more fear here tonight because oh, the Santa Anas are set to come up again tonight. And, um, all right. Well, we are really thinking of all the satellite sisters that are in both Northern California and Southern California, and we appreciate all their posts on Facebook to let us know that you're okay. And yes. I certainly mm-hmm. appreciated all the people that reached out on our Facebook page at Satellite Sisters uh, asking whether I was okay in the tornado. It's a good thing yeah. to do. I mean, yeah. we know, Cindy, you're one of our listeners in Northern California who lives near, not too far from where the fires are, and she's been offering to help other Satellite Sisters and misters in the area. So we're very grateful that the, that you are the kinds of listeners that you are. So, okay, yeah. so let's move on to... Halloween, Halloween party challenges. It's happening. And now, you it's know, happening. I believe that Halloween is a children's holiday <laughs> that has been totally taken over by adults. But and here's here's the latest. It's this is what a segment called the WWL double D segment. That uh-huh. is what would Liz Dolan do? You know, Liz, you are a good career advisor. You have your own podcast. I do. My other show's you- safe for work. Yes. <laughs> where you are doling out um, career advice all the time. I was talking to my son who lives in New York and he was telling me that his company is having a holiday party. Now they're not at the end of the year or not in December or around Thanksgiving. It's a Halloween party, Liz. Oh, this is where they rent a space. They have a DJ. There are no plus ones, but you are required to go. Okay. Mm. (laughs) And you are expected to be in a costume. Oh, yeah. To me, this sounds like a nightmare to have to go to your company Halloween party because it just seems like it's fraught with, you know, all kinds of career mistakes. I mean, (laughs) I mean, certainly the French made costume out, you know, so many costumes that are misogynist or racist or cultural appropriation or too political. You know, I I mean, I think the only person, I I think Felicity Huffman costumes are the only ones that are available this this year. I don't know. What else would you go as, Liz? Well, you know, you it's hard. You're right. You can't go as sexy anything. Just don't do that. You know, sexy nurse, no. I know this year there's a sexy Mr. Rogers costume out there, no. Oh. Number one rule is fully clothed. And, yeah, you're right. Number two rule, no cultural stereotypes or appropriation. So, yeah. you know, you really have to you have to think hard. So, okay, well— for for Will, so your son Will is a magazine editor, correct? Right. So a serious job. Yes. 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 So I think, you know, I think this is the. Th- but he works at a very creative company. Right. So it seems to me like if you work at a creative company, the expectation would be oh, that yeah. you are able that you are a creative person and you are able to come up with a creative Halloween costume, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to. This is really a very interesting branding exercise for Will because you got to figure you either have to go totally on brand or wildly off. Like, you know, I suppose if you were a magazine editor, you could do something like super intellectual, like, uh, you know, you go as 
Beowulf, the book, or, you know, <laughs> but, you know, but you also want to be fun. It's Halloween. You don't want to be a stick in the mud. Right, so, right. so are there, I don't know what his persona is at work. Like, I, I what does say. he want? What would he want them to know about him? Think of him as more of a fun guy or a serious guy. I think people should ask themselves, do you want people to know you're a comic book nerd or a sports fan? Like, you either have to decide this is my moment to like step out and reveal myself in some way or totally don't do that. <laughs> right? Are you, are you recommending that people reveal themselves real selves at work, Liz? You think this is a good idea? I think it's a good idea. I think, especially for millennials, it's all very real. It's all very yeah. authentic. It's a, you know, I think they're doing a pretty good job trying to be who they really are. And, uh, and they understand that better than we did when well, talk about costumes, you know, in the eighties, Julie, you and I both know, we were in costumes all day, every day at work because women had to look a certain way in the office. So that's right. a completely different kind of costume. But, okay, so okay, I'm thinking, what would I tell Will to do? Well, first of all, I think it also goes without saying that a bought costume is totally not cool. You know, you just... Oh, okay. You, you just can't... got to make it. I, I, well, fortunately, my daughter-in-law is super crafty. And, and they are going because they are parents of two young daughters they have like for their neighborhood party trick or treating. They they're all going as butterflies and a caterpillar. Oh. But Will felt like he really could not wear the caterpillar outfit to work. You know, you see. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's it's kind of a fine line. This is where your fun sucker versus fun seeker dividing line becomes really important because you have to commit. Like in this situation, because it's a creative company. You have to put it out there. You have to commit to something a little bit ambitious, but not uh -huh. a fully bought costume. Because if you do kind of a half-hearted thing, then you just look like a total fun sucker, right? And you don't right. want you don't want people to know that about you. You also right. have and to you have to go to this party. You really, I mean, there is the expectation that you're going to show up and uh, participate. Oh, uh, so. That it just it seemed really high stakes to me. You know why? Parties why are they have the usual dull, boring holiday party like any other company. But yeah, uh, but no. I, I, so mm -hmm. I think this will be a career challenge, no doubt. I I, I would did think mm -hmm. that perhaps maybe the dog, the great Belgian Malinois, uh, with a yes. classified name, perhaps that's a last minute oh. Halloween costume that could be assembled. You know, that's funny because I was thinking you want something kind of newsy. At least you get credit for like yes. paying attention to the real world. And I think animal costumes are always less risky than a person trying to be a person, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, who doesn't love a nice big German Shepherd or Belgian Malinois, whatever it was, and yeah. <laughs> the was classified name. The yes, yes. It's a Malinois. And that's how you pronounce it, Liz. I even looked it up. Malinois. So, okay. okay, I would just give you this last piece of advice or give it to Will that what you don't want to do costume wise is reinforce your worst workplace quality. So, for instance, so if you're if you're like super mean, do not go as Jack the Ripper, you know, because then that could really <laughs> stick as, as a, a witch as a nickname. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do not reinforce your worst quality or what people might already be saying about you behind your back. I'll okay. just leave you with that. That's that's the best I can do. Okay, Liz. I think that's some strong, 
branding mm-hmm. advice for the Halloween party. I'm sure. And again, he won't listen to me, but um, I'll pass it on. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we can help in this next segment. So I'm um, coming up. We're going to get everyone's creative juices flowing because longtime satellite sister Laura Holson uh, from the New York Times is joining us to explain how her own efforts to rekindle her creative life, Julie. She just decided, like, even though she has a job that you would think of as creative, not really. It's still a job, and you're a journalist, so it's very fact-based. So she felt like she wanted to have more creative expression in her life. And so she so she started a program to give herself more of a creative outlet, and now it's become a whole creative camp that she is hosting. So... I'm inspired by you, and I'm inspired by Laura. So she's coming up next. And one last reminder, all of the notes of everything we talk about on the show and everything we've ever talked about are always on our website. So uh, go to SatelliteSisters.com if there's anything you ever want to look up. So we'll be right back with Laura Holson. But first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. (laughs) Either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. We are joined now by longtime satellite sister, Laura Holson. Hey, friend. Welcome back to the show. Hello, hello, hello. How are you guys? <laughs> We're good. Oh, the fire's out there. <laughs> We're good. So, you know, you're an inspiration to me, not only because you've written a lot about creativity for the New York Times and other publications, but you decided a few years ago to rekindle your own creative life, Laura. So, so what brought that on? Well, you know, as we all get to a certain point in our careers, we decide we want to kind of refresh what we know. Uh So I went back to school for a year um, at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor to study filmmaking and voiceover. And yeah, it was amazing. I found, you know, first I thought this is going to be great for my job, but I found out personally it was pretty awesome. I got to take photographs. I made movies and like frat houses on Friday nights, <laughs> something never thought I would do. And uh, you go at to this some age. of the big games. Did you go to some of the big games too? Uh, 
Okay, so I have to admit my first game was with Ohio State, Michigan and Ohio State. Oh, that's a big game. And doesn't get any bigger than that, I don't think, Laura. Yeah, it was pretty big. It was a little frightening, though, because I was in an Ohio uh, section. <laughs> but I wore no colors. I wore, like, purple, so I couldn't oh. claim anything. <laughs> okay, Whoa. so so, was- so you kind of refreshed all of these creative skills, and then when you came back to work, did you find that you could use all of those new skills at work? Well, you know, what I found is that when I came back to work, I had changed, but my world in New York where I live had not changed. And so I wanted to kind of bring some of what I learned um, in college, you know, back at school uh, and into my personal life. So at that point, I started a creativity salon for a group of friends because I wanted to kind of share with them what I had experienced. Okay, Julie, doesn't this sound like a good idea? Creativity I, salon? I, I, how do you start a salon? Tell us <laughs> tell us what you did and uh, what you would advise other people who want to do. Yeah, it was super easy. I just called three friends who I know and who I like really well and said, let's uh, let's test what we know and what we can do uh, and on a creative level. So we got um, the book, The Artist's Way, and started to kind of work through that and found that we would challenge ourselves to do art tasks every week. So for example, one of my friends loved to paint. So she went uh, in, and enhanced her painting skills. Another friend who's a lawyer didn't really think she was creative, and she ended up taking glass blowing classes in Martha's Vineyard. Wow. Uh, thir- yeah, it was really cool. And a third friend, she took up drumming, and she still drums. Uh, <laughs> for me, I started taking photographs, which I post on Instagram, and my first art task was a tap dance class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, although it was a master class, and I didn't know that master meant you had to have experience. Oh, uh, <laughs> And so master did you meant, say hang out in the back row, Laura? <laughs> uh, no, but I wore my tennis shoes, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but I learned a lot about, you know, hey, it's okay to be a novice. You know, yeah. it doesn't hurt you. You know, they call that the beginner's mind, right? It's really a good place to be. When Leon took up ballroom dancing, Julie, we could see that there was a whole new creative explosion with her, wasn't there? Yeah, she really was, uh, you know, just really got into it and it reconnected things that she had done in her younger life with what she was doing as an adult. Did you find that you got in touch with your inner child, Laura, when you started taking tap dancing in your tennis sneakers? <laughs> well, I, okay, the second thing is I bought tap shoes. So now I've moved beyond my inner child to maybe my outer child, if I can put okay. it that way. Um, what, you know, really just helped me have more creative confidence. Mm-hmm. So I would try new things and not be afraid. I mean, I wrote about this last year for the Times about how a lot of people in midlife are picking up you know, painting or playing guitar or singing because they want to, you know, revive something in themselves and kind of remind themselves of what it was like to be joyful. Yeah. And in the world we're living in now, people want to be joyful. They I want- mean, I think a lot of people think it's hard work, though. You know, like you have you still have your day job and it's uh, those are exhausting. And to then try to you know, a pick up something else seems at first very intimidating, but I bet it's very liberating too. And I bet it's stimulating. Yeah. It's not, it's not at all intimidating or I mean, for some people I should say it could be intimidating, but it doesn't mean you have to do it for 40 hours a week. So right now I'm taking a class on in jazz theater dance. It's an hour and a half Sunday afternoons. Doesn't take that much time. Um, I was really nervous when I walked in because I'm really not a good dancer, uh, clearly. <laughs> um, 
And I found myself flying across the room by the end, in a good way, <laughs> by the end of end of the session. And it was really, really, really fun. And I, you know, kind of walked out of there with a spring in my step, happier and looking forward to going back. So it's not really as much of an investment as people think it is. Yeah. And so what do you think holds us back? Is it just the fear of embarrassing ourselves or being not good at something. It is true that the older you get, the more you expect to be good at the things that you do. So going back to being bad at something, it's a little bit of a leap of faith. Yeah, I think you hit it on, you you said it correctly, Liz, it's all about fear. No one wants to be a novice again. And especially once, you know, we've established our careers and we're experts, you know, uh, in, in what we do, who wants to go try something new? Mm-hmm. Um, because they're afraid of failure, people are going to laugh at them. Um, the funny thing is, though, is people don't laugh. Like, as I've told people of what I've done, people love it and they crave it and they want it. They just want the permission to do it. Yeah. Um, because something else comes up. It's the kids, it's, you know, the housework. Um, sometimes you just have to say yes to yourself. I'm going to go dance for an hour today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny. When we started Satellite Sister, well, Satellite Sisters has always been my number one creative outlet, even when I had like other real jobs. Like I felt like we could come here and kind of do whatever we wanted. But now I realize as I'm listening to you talk about it, we're not novices at this anymore. Like next year is going to be the 20th anniversary of us doing Satellite Sisters. So even though it's a place where I feel like I can express my creativity and my true voice and all of that, it's not exactly an experiment anymore, Julie, right? It's kind of a... No, I... Well, let's hope not. Let's hope <laughs> there's been some personal and professional growth over the 20 years. I, I hope so. Yeah, I think so. But I think you can... Do you find, Liz, that you have other outlets of creativity or it's all poured into Satellite Sisters? I'm thinking maybe I need one, Laura. I think I need... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so inspired by you. I mean, you and I have known each other for a long time, so... But I could see, even in your Instagram, feed that a new Laura was being born. You really did. You had, were you an art history major in college? And then we all get into like our serious jobs and things. So your, your Instagram feed shows what a beautiful eye you have, which is why you were originally someone who studied art. Well, you'll appreciate this. I started that Instagram account uh, with my um, salon and I made everybody join up, you know, join up to Instagram so we could at least see each other, see each other's projects as we um, kind of progressed through, you know, our weekly kind of um, meetings that we'd have. Um, I think you hit an interesting point, though, Liz, about you turned something that you thought was creative into a profession. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would love to do that. They don't know how to do that, and that's the hard part. But, yeah, I I mean, if you're satisfied in your creativity, I don't know. Do you want to take dancing classes? I've got some. (laughs) If you come to New York, I can hook you up. Laura, Laura, let me ask you this. I mean, you you used a salon to, you know, so you had your friends and you were encouraging each other. Do you think that's important for, you know, middle-aged adults to have a buddy, to have a group in order to encourage you to try this, these creative things? Yeah, I do. And I think because it, it, it um, encourages accountability. So it's very easy to say, oh, I'm going to go for a walk. But if no one's really watching you, you may say, oh, I'd rather sit on the couch and read a book or something. So I think there are three things I've learned from the salon, and, and they are this. One is you need a creative community. And these could be people of any age. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be middle-aged people. I know a lot of 
you know, people in their 20s who get together in color on Saturday nights instead of going out to bars. Uh, and they really enjoy that. It's it's community. They're together. They can talk to one another. Um, there's a real sharing that goes on. Uh, the second principle I think I learned from that salon is that, you know, we are the stories that we tell ourselves. So if we tell ourselves we're creative, we will be creative. Mm-hmm. If you know, and that's really important, but you don't know that unless you really try that. You don't really know what your story is till you start exploring it. And the third thing, and this is also very key, you're creative even if you don't think you are. Even someone who is laying out a Thanksgiving table um, does it with a certain kind of style. Mm-hmm. We just don't recognize it as create uh, it, it as creative. We think of it more as a chore. But if you're deciding where the glasses go, or the the napkins, and where the flowers are, you know that's a creative effort. Yeah, sure, sure. that's a form of expression. No, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, Julie, maybe we should go back to our tablescaping contests we used to have <laughs> back in the day. Hey, oh, Laura, we, we Laura, I said I said some in heinous tables. We made wreaths. We, we've had costume <laughs> contests. I, for us, I think it's the sibling rivalry that brings out our cre- real creative creative juices. Yeah, well, Laura is also one of eight, Julie. So I think that's why I she guess. knows it's, it's none a... of that uh, competitiveness. <laughs> oh, we have all of that. It's like, oh, okay, trust okay. me. But in the best possible way, as one can among siblings. Yes. So okay. So now, but now you're taking a turn. So you were, you were taking pleasure in your own creative life, and now you've decided to figure out a way to teach this to others. So why take yes. that on? What's this all about? Well, you know, after I saw the success of the salon, I mean, I saw my friends' lives begin to change. You know, one of them joined the board of a food bank. Another now just published her first cookbook. And I thought, this is a really simple, powerful thing. And quite bluntly, I kind of want to bring it to the world. I think we're in a place in our country right now that people are looking for inspiration. They want to try new things. They want to get out of their comfort zones. Um, but they don't really know how to do that. And this is a simple way that people can connect to one another, um, but at the same time, kind of make yourself feel better or make yourself feel more fulfilled. Okay, so you are... So what I decided to do, um, (laughs) and Liz, you were here very much through the whole process, Mm -hmm. is to um, create an arts and ideas festival that's going to be held in February, uh, you know, this coming this February, where I would bring together creative minds so that, uh, you know, on stage and in workshops so that they can inspire others. Because that's really the battle, right? Yeah. Is just allowing yourself to be inspired. Okay, so this is called The Box Sessions, Julie, which is Mm -hmm. a very intriguing name. And so, Laura, so tell us about the name and also who's going to be teaching. By the way, more on this later, but I'm all signed up to come. But, okay. I'm so excited. Yes. I need the inspiration. So who's teaching me at The Box Sessions? Uh, well, the way the name came about, it, it's a metaphor, if you will. I mean, everybody's always saying, think outside the box. But my thinking was, why don't we just be, why aren't we living outside the box? I mean, we see our lives as compartmentalized in many ways. And this is a way to kind of push past that mm-hmm. and be more of your fuller self. I love the lineup. I have to just tell you, I love this lineup. So thinking about our three principles of like needing a creative community, I've invited Samin Nasrat, who is the um, you know prize-winning uh, chef and also star of the Netflix hit Salt 
acid fat heat. If you haven't seen it, it's it's really fantastic. You um, know, I love I, her. She's just she's got a big personality. She just she just yeah. seems so original, Samin. She is. And we're going to um, have talk about community and why community is important and how people gather around the table and um, eat and talk. And, you know, there's the proverbial napkin, right, that everybody writes their um, ideas on. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, uh, for our se- section on We Are the Stories We Tell Ourselves, we've got some amazing filmmakers. John Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians and the upcoming In the Heights, uh, which, as you know, is the, from the play by Lynn manuel Miranda, mm. is going to... Yeah, is going to be there, and he's going to be with uh, a friend of mine, uh, Nina Jacobson, who produced all the Hun- Hunger Games series. And those two are very original um, filmmakers who have really tried to tell um, new stories uh, and show new faces, if you will, in film. Um, I got to tell you, I love Linda Berry. She is an artist. She just, um, and cartoonist, just won a MacArthur Genius Grant. She's going to be teaching a workshop on drawing and also talking about why it's important, uh, inspiration and awe are important to have in one's life. See, so what, and, ins- what inspired me to sign up, Laura, was the fact that it's not just listening, it's also doing. A lot of yes. the sessions you have, do I have to sing though? There's some kind of singing thing. Yeah, you're totally going to have to sing. Well, you're going <laughs> to sing if you want to sing. Okay. So, uh-huh. as you know, I took voiceover classes, or as I said earlier, I took voiceover classes, and I realized I found my own voice in taking those classes. So we're going to have a singing workshop and then a performance by an award-winning a cappella choir. Um, we're also, if for you know people who know the Moth, they're a storytelling group. Um, they're going to hold a story slam on Saturday night, which means anybody who's at this festival can get on stage, but. You're not going to go unattended, if you will, because in the morning, they're going to have a workshop on how to how to tell a story. See, Julie, doesn't this sound Sounds fun? Good. It's just a, you know, and and I, it's just I, a weekend. Laura, you have not, Laura, you have not mentioned technology at all. That's what I like about this. It <laughs> sounds like it's going to be very intimate and real and people talking to each other and not not to screens. So I like that. I like the sound of it a lot. Well, you're seeing now, if you look at a lot of the books that are coming out these days, um, you know, like Brian Grazer, who's a producer, a Hollywood producer, just um, published a book called Face to Face. And we're seeing this trend now almost, I don't know if it's quite a backlash, but people are realizing they need to talk and be with one another. And that's the whole point of this weekend is that people can be with each other. Jonathan Franzen is coming to talk about writing and again, the idea of of story. Um, I have to tell you though, my one of my favorite people who's coming is a woman named Amy Gravitt. She has had a scripted comedy for HBO. This woman was a Navy lieutenant who went to work for George Clooney and then went, you know, now runs uh, scripted wow. comedy at HBO. That's an amazing story if you think about it. Yeah. Because yeah. If that's you a career that, <laughs> change, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the kind of um, person I think that can inspire other people who want to make change in their life. Um, we're also going to have a workshop on creativity and fear because I just think you can't ignore that. Yeah. There's too much of, of what we do in life uh, or too much of what we don't do in life is, is because we're afraid. 
Okay, so Laura, not only am I coming, but I convinced my friend Rosemary to come, you know, because she's got a very That's demanding great. job, but does a lot of her own writing and wants to spend more time on that. And also the whole thing just sounds like a good Satellite Sisters activity, right? Like people can turn up with their friends, but there will be this larger community. Well, what's interesting about that is when you're saying you're bringing Rosemary, yeah. I'm hearing lots of people who are coming with sometimes two and even three other women. So, and I love that. I mean, it's the whole idea is building a community, right? Mm -hmm. So you have your own, you know, you all can start your own salons, right? That, and mm -hmm. then you're part of this bigger thing. And I just think that's, it's powerful yeah. when you when you think about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we just we know that do. from the Satellite Sisterhood. Being in community is powerful and all kinds of amazing, unexpected things can happen. But we don't need to prepare in any way, do we? Just there's no homework we need to do in advance. <laughs> you know, I would say this, bring some hiking shoes if you want. Oh, because... oh Lizzie's all set in that category, Laura. <laughs> yeah. I, took to, I took her to Patagonia last year, so she's she's got the full rig. Oh, yeah. You should bring right. your rain pants too, Liz. Just do it. it. I don't think you'll need rain pants, but the place where we're having it is a place called 1440, and it's um, a uh, a adult kind of education center in the a redwood forest, a hundred year old redwood forest in the Santa Cruz Mountains, not far from Silicon Valley. So if you want to hike, you can go hiking too. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to put all the links to people that want to sign up for this in you know, in the show notes and on our website. And we'll also have links to some of Laura's other stories, things she's written about creativity, because we just want you to be inspired in whatever way you want to be, sisters and misters. And, you know, and maybe I'll see some of you there because that would be really fun, too. So, Laura Holson, The Box Sessions, thank you so much for the inspiration. Oh, thank you guys so much and have a great day. Okay, bye. Well, that was super inspirational, wasn't it, Joel? So we are yes. going to thank a couple of sponsors and we'll be right back with my latest creative endeavor, which was uh, graduating from dog camp. <laughs> okay, Liz. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we... We love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer, and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen, <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed, so it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> That's true. 
That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. And we are back. Julie, don't you feel inspired? Don't you feel like, you know? Uh, I I thought she sounded so enthusiastic about it. Yes, it's very inspiring. And so I know what's going to happen. You're going to go to this um, creative camp. You're going to come back. And then you're going to make us do a bunch of creative things. So I, I think it should all work out very well for me, Liz. Okay. <laughs> it's about personal expression, though, Jewel. You got to, yeah. you know, find yeah. it deep within yourself. So anyway, so here is my latest new hobby is... Um, you know, I went to dog camp or I like dog obedience school for the past month because I was away a lot. You know, I was in Qatar for two weeks, then home for a day and then Oregon for a week and home for a day and then D.C. for a week. I realized as I was looking at my actual schedule that I was basically away for a month. And the the dog ranch uh, where Hooper spent the two weeks when we went to Argentina, Julie, Yes. They had a special 30-day program of, like, dog training if they can stay there for 30 days. And I thought, well, maybe I should just commit to that. Not because Hooper is a bad dog, because he's no, not. No, he's, he's a lovely gentleman. Yes. He really is very nice. But dog training is not something you do. I, yes. I, I'm just, uh, as your sister, I'm just saying, <laughs> you don't really provide that much, many commands to your dog. You You kind of feel like they're equal yeah equal human beings uh in your in your apartment well that right? is that is something i kind of learned about myself so he had the 30-day training program and during the training program you visit them twice for a lesson with them because really the trainer is training you to be as good as the trainer is at training right so you just need to learn how to obviously be the alpha dog and you're right i one thing i really realized about myself now that Hooper is home, is I don't like bossing my dog around. I don't, I don't like I well, just, really, I know that's thinking, what they you want. You think Hooper should just make all the right choices by himself, right? He's or, an adult. He should be an adult. You expect adult behavior in your home. That's, is that it? Liz? That's part of it. And I also find uh, that when I'm not getting adult behavior, I try to reason with him. And okay. um, and how's that going? That, that was not out? going well at all. That was not. So he, his behavior was actually backsliding. So I've had him like a year and a half now, and I could definitely sense his his behavior was getting worse because he was taking advantage of me, frankly. So I I needed to learn how to be an alpha dog, and okay. he needed to, um, you know, respond to, to understand what the commands are. So he was there for 30 days. I visited. So... Now that we're home, we've been home for like a week, and I got to say, in general, it, it is really working. There's some really? things— Really? You see a dramatic difference in, uh, in his behavior? Dramatic. Yes. Wow. Dramatic. Okay, Liz. Now, I wouldn't say just perfect, but here's another thing I learned about myself. I don't want a perfect dog. Why would you want a dog that was just doing the right thing all the time? That's no fun. 
the so the the things that we are good at. Uh, well, first of all, they gave me a thing called arriving home with your trained dog. And so uh-huh. these are all the things you have to really do, especially during the first month at home. But at the very beginning, when you get home, it says, call your dog 10 to 20 times. Make sure you have the leash in hand so that you get a positive come each time. You cannot call your dog enough at this stage. Call and call and call some more. I- I'm not good at that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can do it a couple of times a day, but it just seems that's mm. so I'm really Liz, working. I don't understand this because you boss people around all the time. <laughs> I mean, I say that in the in the in the kindest way. You're uh-huh. like a great boss. OK, yeah. I mean, you're one of the world's great bosses. <laughs> Why don't you just boss your dog around? Just well, because I'm just like an employee, Liz. OK, <laughs> I don't want I don't my want... dog to be my employee. I want my dog to be my buddy and my friend. So, okay, so call and call and call again. That's number one. And number two is related. It's be consistent and follow through. So you just have to yeah, always, always give yeah. exactly the same commands, hand signals, and responses, whether it's praise or a correction. So, you know, when calling your dog, you say, come. So don't just out of the blue say, we're going now, and expect your dog to come running to you. Okay, yeah. I, do, I do that all the time, Julie. I just seem to want to talk to him like a person, and which means saying exactly the same thing every time. I really have to train myself to do that. So, um, but there are a couple of things we are excellent at. He, okay. he and I. Well, he is excellent at healing, which was my number one goal. My number oh, one. All right, that's really key. Liz. Yes. Yeah. My number that one. That opens a whole world for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oliver could be. Oh, that's a. He's in the needs improvement in that, <laughs> in that category. So good. That's really good, Liz. Yeah, I just wanted when we went for a walk for us both to just keep walking, you know. And he was like a slow pokey, stopping all the time. So our walks had no aerobic quality at all. It was just like moseying around the block. And so now we're just like, we have a nice pep in our step together and we're just walking together. And that is delightful. He's also the dog trainer, whose name was Kevin, said, oh, leave it is going to be his middle name. Because leave it is the command where you want them to just stop doing whatever they're doing. And, uh, you know, so when he starts to sniff, leave it. When he starts to run after another dog, leave it. So, and he, I was told that Hooper is highly distractible, which <laughs> I'm sure dogs left to themselves. Wouldn't that be true of all dogs? It's just, yes. they're just dogging around. Have you ar- seen those dog cams? They just go all over the place. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. just dogging around out there. Anyway, so he is responding well to leave it. And he's also responding well to quiet. Which really surprises me because his latest bad habit where I thought, oh, I cannot let this go on is we would go for a walk in the morning, come back. I'd be drinking coffee and reading the paper and he would just stand next to me at the dining room table and start barking at me like, this is boring. Why are we? (laughs) (laughs) So he has to learn that this is when you're consuming news and he needs to okay, leave it. Okay, good. As long as you don't start these commands on us. No. You know, like Leon and I. Okay. I just, hear you use that in a staff meeting. <laughs> Leave it. Leave it, Julie. So here's what we're flunking. We're flunking down and downstay. I don't know what's, what's not working there. There's just like, I can get him to sit 
but I can't get him to down and downstay. So I think we're going to have to uh, visit Kevin again. The thing is, once you get graduate from the 30-day camp, unlimited free refresher classes, Julie. So wow, I'm, that yeah. is worth it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Then, we'll do it. I think that's good. Then the, other, th- the, other, <laughs> the other thing I would say is, you know, there's something so great about when you come home and your dog is so excited to see you and he's like, and he's a little dog, but they, they jump up on you and they're like, hey, you're home. Oh my God, where have you been? And so he doesn't jump up on me anymore. <laughs> so I got to say, I'm kind of missing that. So then you, because uh, I'm supposed to say off when he jumps on me, but, you know, he doesn't jump on me. He's so well behaved now that is, he's like less enthusiastic to see me. Is that, am I taking well, that too personally? Well, I, I think you need a therapist and, and he needs to go back to Kevin. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so far, so good. We are really enjoying ourselves. Oh, and the last thing that I totally do wrong, there's a, a command called go play, which is the all-important yeah. release phrase, right, Julie? Do you have a release yeah. phrase with uh, Oliver? Yes, I take the leash off. Yeah, that's oh. it. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm supposed to say go play when he's off duty. The rest of the time, yeah. they want him to feel like he's working. He needs to be healing and sitting and staying. But when I say go play, then he can start sniffing and running around with the other dogs. I'm very bad at using those exact words. So I'll find myself saying like, okay, go do whatever you want. <laughs> it's not really right so i gotta i have to work on the go play and then together we need to work on the downstay but um i i feel like it's actually harder work for me than it is for him to just i think it always is liz it's Mm -hmm. you you know it's always about the trainer not the dog yes so uh, just being consistent i don't even do that in my own life for me you know (laughs) Follow through is not really my strong suit when I think about <laughs> what, what I'm good at. So, okay, but I'm committed now, and we're doing this together, and we're in it. So um, okay, I just true. wanted you're you to know that. You're building a stronger relationship with your dog where, where you'll both be more happy. That's we, what I we totally are. Yes, I think okay. he is happier. So there you go. Graduation. Yay. <laughs> All right, Liz. Good report. Well, now it's time to talk about entertaining sisters, where we like to uh, suggest, recommend movies, books, th- plays, things to do. I have one for you. You know, it, I, this is something that I've been watching or sort of stalking, like, oh, when am I going to be able to see this? And that is the adaptation. It's the television series, Four Weddings and a Funeral. And the creators of this are Mindy Kalin, who we love. I and love Mindy. Okay, this is a 10-episode series, uh, and it just has so many elements that you're going to love, Liz, and that I would highly recommend to all Satellite Sisters. First of all, it has unrealistic real estate. These (laughs) 30-somethings live in these absolutely fabulous townhouses in London, okay? They have fabulous wardrobes. Everybody's wearing, you know, gorgeous clothes. I mean, an extremely attractive cast uh, with Natalie Emanuel and Nikesh Patel leading the cast. I mean, just everybody looks so good. Uh, They poke fun at the British upper crust, so you've got to love that. Um, 
the preposterous situations that you're just, you know, in the romantic comedy spirit, you're just totally all in on. It has love, it has romance, it has loss, and it has London, Liz. It's mm. all set in London with great scenes, both large and small. So it's on Hulu, okay? I started watching this on American Airlines on my flight back from California to to Texas. Oh, okay. And I got totally hooked. Uh, so, so much so that I came home and was like, all right, I've got to find this. And it's on Hulu. Uh, I am not certain what is more expensive, my airline ticket from L.A. to Dallas or signing up for Hulu. <laughs> but I think in either case, it's worth it. I mean, right now uh, you have one month free at Hulu if you if you want to sign up. But mm-hmm. who knows if that's really true or not or if <laughs> so. But don't miss it. It's such a great series for weddings and a funeral. I, if you love the movie, it's like. It's like the movie, only better and longer okay. and uh, more satisfying. Yeah. Oh, that's great because I do have Hulu, so I don't even have to go sign up for something new to watch that. Okay. I don't know why I All haven't right. watched that because I love Mindy. I loved Four Weddings and a Funeral, the movie. So, okay, Hulu. Uh, I'm okay. on it. The And it's funny because I was watching Hulu last night, Julie, because we got a recommendation from Satellite Sisters and Misters, both Lisa and Michael recommended the show Good Behavior on Hulu. That's the one with Michelle Dockery. You know, Lady so, Mary. Lady yeah, Mary. It, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. So Lady Mary stars in the show. She she is nothing like Lady Mary. I'll just tell you this. She's a See, that might be hard for me cuz she's such she's really made such a strong impression um as Lady Mary uh that it will be hard to see her cast in other roles. But go ahead. The well I, I So I just watched the first episode last night based on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group recommendations. And I really liked it because she's a con artist, Jewel. I love con artists. I love people who are like, you know, that's why I like spy movies. I like con artist movies. I, I like things where people can like brazenly pull off being people that they're not because I just don't think I could ever do that. For the same reason I try to reason with my dog and just talk to him in normal senses. I just don't think I would be good at pretending to be someone I'm not. So when I see Michelle Dockery do this, I just really admire it. Plus, there, there's a murder. There's sexy, man, sexy, dangerous man. There's like she could not be more opposite than Lady Mary. So I'm only one episode in, but thank you to... Uh, the, those in the Facebook group that recommended this. I think it's not one of those things that's a giant commitment because I think it was just two seasons on TNT. It was originally okay. on TNT and Hulu just bought it and it's on Hulu now. So two seasons. I've got time for two seasons of something just kind of con artisty and good. So uh, so I'm into okay. it. Okay. All right. I'll put it on my list uh, after I finish Four Weddings and a Funeral. Okay. Here's a, a book for my reading list. And it's so apropos of our conversation with Laura Holson today about creativity. Twyla Tharp, of course, dance pioneer, choreographer, has a new book out, Liz. Uh, and it's called Keep It Moving, Lessons for the Rest of Your Life. Life, not rife. Life. <laughs> okay. Keep okay. it moving. Got it. Keep it moving. Lessons for the rest of your life. And she's, this is a book about really getting connected to your body. That she said until she was 65, everything was great. And then things started to decline. So mm. she's written a book 
where she wants to open up the community of dance, okay? Because you usually think of dance as being pretty elitist. Yeah. But this is book for people who are completely unfamiliar with their bodies. So there's a chapter called Squirm. There's another one entitled Take Up Space. And I just love the idea of this, that if she says, if you want to have a future, you're going to have to provide for that now. And she believes that you have to keep moving. So I am putting that on my list. I think it would be a very provocative and creative book to read and to have in the house and to give as a gift, Liz. Okay. So uh, Twyla Tharp, that's, uh, that's her new book out. So I think that should be pretty fun. You know, I have always admired Twyla Tharp. She is yeah. such a total original. And her previous bestseller was called The Creative Habit. So, right. you know, I think we're just, you know, uh, on the same wavelength as Twyla, though not working quite as hard as Twyla is and getting it out there. So it says, from insight to action, keep it moving as a guidebook for expanding one's possibilities over the course of a lifetime. Well, who doesn't want to do that? Okay. I want to do that, Liz. I want to keep it moving. Uh, I think I want to squirm. I certainly want to take up space. So I'm I'm going to read that. Well, so. it's funny that Laura mentioned taking up tap dancing and Leon has taken up ballroom dancing. Yeah, there's something about moving your body. Well, it's always important, of course. But, you know, putting it out there a little bit more as you age. Because otherwise, at least for me, things stiffen up pretty quickly, don't they? <laughs> Keep it moving, Liz. Okay? You got, you got Maybe to... that could be one of your commands. Just move, right? Is that one of your commands? I, have I think to... you're doing some very creative work with Hooper. And I, think I have to teach good. Hooper to give me commands. I think that's what I would really like. If Hooper just oh. said, move it to me, I would respond to that. Because then we're really equals, which is what I want from a pet. <laughs> Liz, I think we've reached the end of the show. It's hard to believe it. But yeah. um, I think it was we had so much creative juices flowing today. Yeah. So um, um, I think it was good. I love talking to Laura Holson. Yeah. That was that was really uh, quite Quite energizing. Yes. All right. We are going to wrap up today's show. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez in the booth. Our engineer always makes us sound good. And our guests. We want to thank today's sponsors. And as long as we're talking about books, let's remind you that, you know, we did. We have a book that came out a few years ago called You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. And I think it's still the best holiday gift you can get for your satellite sisters or misters. Right. Right. And it makes a great um, housewarming gift. Yes. Maybe you're going to holiday parties. You, you know, just put a bow on it. You, you don't even need to wrap it up. The book is so cute. It so, is so yeah. cute. It's what mom would call a gesture. It's funny. It's fun. It's like if you have a friend that you just want to give a simple gift to. You're the best, a celebration of friendship. You can order that online, and we have links on our website. So try that. All right, Joel, um, what's on your to-do list for this week? Well, you know, it's Halloween, Liz, so I, I wait till the last minute to buy Halloween candy. But I also just got an alert during the middle of this show that apparently in my neighborhood, Tim and Tiff are having a Halloween party, and they've invited the whole neighborhood because they're having a taco taco uh, <laughs> truck at their house. Oh, Now, I'm not really in, in favor of adult Halloween parties, but I might have to stop by Tim and Tiff's taco truck on Halloween night. So, so you are you in it. favor of tacos. Okay. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I am. And a, a taco is not something you want to, like, throw into someone's candy bag. You know, so just that's... <laughs> no. No, but that's very, very thoughtful. Nice. Do you know Tim and Tiff, or is there, are no, these don't new people? No, know them, but know their house. You, the, everyone has a house like this in the neighborhood. That's com it's completely decked out oh, with yeah. Halloween stuff. 
stuff that's yeah. over the top. So Tim and Tiff, this is their big holiday. They're getting the taco truck. I'm going. I'll be there, Liz. Okay. How about you? What's on your to-do list? Well, believe it or not, this weekend, Julie, I am going to a college football game, which I have not done since college. <laughs> okay. And you went to a college that where football really wasn't important. Mm, so, not uh, exactly sports dynasty uh, at my university. So, uh, so yeah, this weekend... Uh, I have a friend who has season's tickets, went to USC, and has season's tickets to the Trojans. Uh, okay. Oh, that's big-time football, Liz. Th- okay. Yeah, it's big-time football. And they're playing the Oregon Ducks, Julie. So I have okay. friends from Oregon coming down. We have tickets to go to the game, but we're going to be on the USC side. I really have no dog in this fight, though, you know, in general, I'm more of an Oregonian than I am a Trojan. Uh, but anyway, it's... I don't think I've ever you really pick your side, Liz, and you got to wear your team colors. You know that. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do that because <laughs> you know that okay, I would. Because... You'll be easy to pick out. On <laughs> Who's that woman wearing all black? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Liz Dolan. Oh, yeah. Okay. But you know, when you did your graduate work at Penn State, so you did yeah. big time football with the Nittany Lions. So I know yes. you know how to do this. But yeah, we are. I am going to focus on some tailgating. Uh, so we will be tailgating, but I'm not sure about the costuming. Maybe, you know. <laughs> okay, Liz. Okay. <laughs> Can I wear a Halloween costume instead of, you know, pretending no, I'm a duck or a Trojan? Halloween. That is like, the, that is a crime to wear a Halloween costume. Other, unless you're five years old. You okay. should not be in your Halloween costume past okay. Halloween. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. watch for me on TV. I'll be the one that probably not wearing any college colors. So you're right. I will be easy to spot. So this was fun. Thanks, Julie. Very inspirational Thanks, discussion Liz. today. Yes. It was a very inspirational day. Yes. I got to go out and maybe sing or dance yes. or certainly move. Yeah, just move it. Move it. So we are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>